0: Yeah. Hi, guys. Hi Jackie. Hi, Jackie. Howdy.
1: Gosh. So it just took me an hour and 54 minutes to go 21 miles.
0: Ooh, sweet.
1: That sucks, right? Were you walking? <laughs> no. Could have done it faster.
2: And welcome to the Hoop Collective podcast on the Eva Free Agency uh, in Massachusetts. It's Jackie McMullen. That was Jackie. weird. What happened? That was so weird. What do you mean? I got cut off just now. I had to call back. Oh. oh. I'm here. There you are. Yeah. I am. Um, in L.A. Spent, I'm just really beaten down right now, guys. <laughs> I know. I know. And we're going uh, to carry you today, Wendy. In uh, Los Angeles, spin the dials, it's uh, Andrew Hahn. And in Dallas.
0: No. It's Puerto Rico. Huh?
1: You're the, in Puerto Rico? Oh, <laughs> Puerto wait Rico. a
0: minute.
1: Very the lead. Buried <laughs>
0: I'm down here. I'll be obviously trying to chip in as much as I can on free agency, but Jose Juan Barrea is playing a FIBA tournament in Puerto Rico for the first time. And so I'm kind of doing down here to do a story on. Who and what J.J., Jose Juan, Brea, means to Puerto Rico and Hurricane Recovery and all that, be going to his hometown. And uh, so it should be fun.
1: Wow. I read that. That's a good story. I love him. Northeastern guy. I'm one of the few people yeah. that actually went to see him play, Tim. I did. Yeah, I went,
0: back when everybody uh, called him Jose Juan. Yeah, I went back uh, and saw
1: him. I'm he old wasn't, enough, he wasn't.
0: Yeah, he wasn't J.J. until Avery Johnson either couldn't pronounce it or couldn't remember whether Jose or Juan went first
2: (laughs) when he was was an
0: undrafted rookie.
2: I'm not sure I could remember either until you said that. I might have thought it was Juan (laughs) Jose. Um, (laughs) You know what the funniest
1: thing that's been going on this week for me, and and I haven't talked to nearly as many people as you have, Brian, but I can't count on one hand – the amount of GMs, coaches, whoever I've been talking to this week, they keep calling Kyrie Kawhi by mistake and Kawhi yeah. Kyrie. I'm, it's unbelievable. I'm, all,
2: I'm I'm forever doing that forever. Right? So funny, so funny um, to me. Forever doing that. Um, uh, it, anyway, it's Ben McMahon in, in Puerto Rico.
0: Hola amigos.
2: Um, uh so yeah, we have some um we have you know, this is a important couple of days in NBA free agents history. We could see significant altering of the league a little bit which we seem to be getting every year about this time. Mm-hmm. Um Uh I think I have a generally a general feel for what's going to happen. And therefore, none of it will happen that way. It'll all go completely <laughs> different.
0: Well, give us your general feel.
2: Yeah, I think you're as tight in as
1: anybody, Brian. So,
2: yeah, I, I I think the Lakers have pole position on LeBron. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think you know, he's going to. I don't know whether he's going to meet with them face to face, or if if the Lakers are going to meet with his agent. However, the the back and forth that is going to go know the Lakers, it's an important meeting, however it goes, and the Lakers have to sell LeBron on their future without getting anybody else. Like, if it's just LeBron through the door in this free agency period, what's their plan to get player B, C, D, E, F? And, you know, Magic talked about this the other day. He talked about it sort of being a two-year plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's what they sell to LeBron. And, 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 and the real... Uh, rubber will meet the road on whether LeBron will feel comfortable going through the, the door by himself or whether or not uh, he will be comfortable with a, with a, you know, uh, you know, wanting, wanting another, another star player with him and, and whether he can trust the Lakers and magic Johnson and Rob Palenka to to, to surround him with a great team or not. And that to me is if he feels comfortable with it and it's not just magic, it's also the city of Los Angeles. It's also him as a drawing card. Um, If he feels comfortable with it, I can really see him signing with the Lakers. um, So you you don't think
0: you don't think getting Kawhi is a must to get LeBron. You don't feel like there has to he he has to have a proven co-star in place.
2: I don't think that it is. But again, it's going to come down to how the Lakers convey what they want to do. And it's not going to be it can't be, hey, in the 80s, we had Showtime and we're going to bring Showtime back as they tried with LaMarcus Aldridge a couple years ago. It's, it's got to be an actionable plan. Uh, but I believe if LeBron trusts in, and believes in what they, they, they pitch to him, I believe he could go without Kawhi. If they get Kawhi, would that be all the better? Absolutely. And I think the um, – All the fr- better? Come on now. <laughs> well, I think All the better?
1: That's seismic. Right, the, phrase, yeah, yeah. the well, phrasing. The phrasing. You could make an argument that Kawhi is more valuable to the Lakers than LeBron would be,
2: right? And and the um, the phrasing that we used with Ramona and Woj in the story the other day is we thought that it would clinch or mm-hmm. cinch getting LeBron. Um, we didn't say it was a you know they had to do it to get LeBron. And I know that's all shades of gray, but that's the world that we kind of live in right now. Um, but I'm fascinated, guys by the the leverage game in the Kawhi Lakers talks um from the way i understand it the spurs look at this potential trade as not just the lakers trading for kawhi but the lakers trading for kawhi and lebron mm-hmm. because they think if they send kawhi that that links that clinches getting lebron and so they're like in our mind we're helping you build a super team you've yeah. got to pay for both star players so Send us uh players A, B, C, and D and these draft picks. Basically they want a, a uh Celtics Nets uh level trade because they but, see
0: Yeah. But they don't want Lonzo Ball.
2: I I don't you know, honestly, McMahon, I don't know who's actually being tossed around in the talks. I just know that the Spurs want to clean out the cupboard. Mm-hmm. The, the the this the, the Lakers look at it differently. They look at it as Trading for a distressed asset, uh, a guy who wants out of there says he 's not coming back and uh you, if you try to trade him somewhere else you can 't get anywhere close to what we 're offering so yes we'll give you a an, uh, you know we'll give you legitimate uh, pieces, but we 're not sending the entire team out there and our whole future out there together, and that bridge, whether or not they can they can close that, will determine whether there 's a trade because the reality is. If LeBron signs with the Lakers, or if LeBron, let's say, signs back in Cleveland, as soon as LeBron makes a decision, Kawhi's value to the Lakers in a trade falls. Now, no I, more
0: I, I don't, if LeBron goes to Cleveland, I don't think it does.
2: It absolutely does, because, because at that point, the Lakers will not be super competitive this year anyway, and they should just wait and try to sign Kawhi out right next year.
1: Well, unless they get Kawhi and Paul George. The thing that's interesting to me is, let's just say, we'll play the game. The Spurs decide to wait. They don't want to do this. We know they don't want to do this. And they really, they still believe, mistakenly, I would say at this point, that they think they have a chance to turn Kawhi around. Now, they know that that's unlikely now, which is why they're deep into talks with all these teams, okay? They would love to trade Kawhi to the Celtics because they still prefer the Celtics' young players to the Lakers' young players. We know that. I would, too, by the way. The draft picks, they're a wash. But the reason why they are a distressed team, as you say, Brian, is because Kawhi holds the one card, which is, I'm just telling you right now, Boston Celtics, I'm walking. You can trade for me. But if you do, I'm walking a year from now. Well, then all of a sudden, Boston's package goes from maybe Jalen Brown and that Sacramento pick to something far less significant. Far less significant, and that's what Boston's grappling with. Their interest in Kawhi is real; it's existed all along. And by the way, the Spurs' interest in Jalen Brown dates back to his rookie year.
2: Right, but the, but the but the the Celtics are have no interest in outbidding the Lakers. No, of course not, because so, they
1: don't have the same they don't have the same comfort level. They for don't sure have, right. They have no no guarantees what, what Kawhi's
2: going to do. If they did. This would have already been over. I really believe that. Right. So, right, because they have the ammunition. But if you're the Celtics, why wouldn't you wait until the Lakers were out of the mix? Because that's when the price on Kawhi is going to come way down. Of course. But
1: when are the Lakers ever out of the mix?
2: That's the question. Sign LeBron first. LeBron signs there. And then what happens? I think if LeBron signs in L.A., it reduces the Spurs leverage. Because no longer do the, do the Spurs – can the Spurs sell that they need – that the Lakers right. need Kawhi to get LeBron. That's, that's, that's a fair mm-hmm. point. So the other way to look at this is now, – now the Spurs also are still harboring – you know the, the third – sort of the third choice here besides Boston or L.A. The Spurs can always just keep Kawhi, right. hope that they can repair the situation. And they have the bullet of the $220 million contract um, that they could always offer him – If they ever got into a comfort zone with him that nobody can offer. But if they're going to trade Kawhi, you could make the argument that the best offer they're ever going to get is between right now and when LeBron commits. Because as soon as LeBron commits, I believe that the Lakers interest is down. And the, and the, then that when the Celtics negotiate, they negotiate from a position of strength because Kawhi won't commit long term. And that's the thing. like, uh, And that's why the, the offer would, would be much lower than what the what the Lakers could offer. Because okay. even though the Celtics and, and Sixers have a better package of picks to offer, it's all about leverage. That's why I'm saying the whole game is, an, is a very interesting game of leverage. And sure. the thing about it is I just don't think at the end of the day that the Spurs are that motivated to trade Kawhi. I still think that they want to play it slow. And if they're going to make a leverage Kawhi trade, they might as well make the leverage trade in February. Um, exactly. And so, if they can get a Celtics Brooklyn type haul, where they get—and I'm just making this up. I'm not saying that these that I know these players are in it. But if they can get um, uh, Ingram, Ingram, and Kuzma, and Josh, Josh Hart, and yeah. Mo Wagner, and a 2021, 23, and 25 unprotected first-round picks, and a pick swap in 22. Like if they can get some sort of package like that, where it's you know, and that's even more than than uh, than the, than the Celtics got. But I'm just throwing stuff out there. If they can get some sort of package, that's lunacy, where they would control the Lakers' draft situation for five years, like the uh, like the Celtics did to, to the to the Sixers. Then I think they say, "Okay, we make the trade." But short of that, the nets. You mean the nets?
1: Yeah, mean I'm the sorry, nets. the
2: nets. That's yeah, okay. It's short of me. that, short of that, I don't see why this why the Spurs feel the impetus to do it now.
1: I'm a, I'm in total agreement with you. 100 you know, percent agreeing with you, especially because it's the Lakers, and especially because of the. All right, here I go. Institutional arrogance. That's, that's well. There's a little truth to that, you know, and. Uh, I think it just rubs. Every, it's it's everything that the Spurs do not believe in, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if they sit on this for a while. But but I mean, RC is so smart, and so is Pop. They've got it. All, they've got it all out on their board or on their you know their printout or whatever. And they're going to figure out what the drop dead date is for each scenario. And in the end, what is the best scenario for our franchise? And, you know, and it doesn't. And I don't think that best scenario, Brian, is keeping Kawhi. It just isn't.
2: You know what's crazy, Jackie? And what? I looked this up the other day. The Spurs don't really make player for player trades. They don't make. They don't make very many trades. Period. Right. Like they. Like I would, So. So like the last significant trade they traded for Ray McCallum like for a second round pick a couple of years ago, but like the last significant player for player trade like they dumped. Tiago splitter right. into, into space um, a couple years ago. Um, they dumped Boris Diaw into the jazz space. I think two years ago, but that was just like cap clearing stuff. Right. I'm talking like like was a Richard Jefferson, steven Jackson deal like back in 2013 or 14. Right. Like, they don't do. Well, they like, I, they I, built their team they, through the draft. That's right. why. They built and, the team and, their team through the draft and free agency. You know because right. they've gotten oh not. And, yeah, but think about free agency. Really, Gasol, yes, but at, the, at his Gasol point, and
1: Aldridge. Aldridge is the one. Aldridge mm-hmm. is the first time that they dipped in for the big time free agent. First, really, first time. Because Gasol, when they got him, was a nice, a nice addition, but certainly not that that top level front line. Aldridge, they feel a
2: little burned by it. Right, but I'm just saying, like they're not. I mean, like if you look at like the, the Rockets and Daryl Morey. He's 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 traded a hundred players and traded four eighty five players in the last ten years. Well, like, and you know, and the only guy that's traded more than him is you know who that is? It's Danny Ainge. Right. So, like, if you're, you know. Th- I'm just saying like as smart as the Spurs are, I will say this is not something that they've done. They have a lot of experience. They're
1: conservative. They're conservative in the way they go about things and it it has served them well all these
0: years. I still. Which you can be when you have Tim Duncan and and you find Tony Parker late in the first round and Ginobili late in the second round. They've had the luxury of being conservative.
1: But you know what? I always think back on Tim, all the years that pop used to tell us, You guys have no idea how special Tim Duncan is. You don't understand why he's the heart and soul of our franchise. You guys can't begin to understand what he means to this franchise. Boy, we all understand now, don't we? Yeah, and again, people thought Kawhi was kind of, okay, the torch is being passed, but it's obviously— It's impossible impossible to ask someone to be Tim Duncan on the court, off the court, in demeanor, in his wants, in his likes. He was a guy that— was happy to restructure his contract. He was a guy that didn't care about shots. All those things were genuine when it came to Tim Duncan wearing those baggy jeans and some kind of sloppy shirt. And like he was just everything you could ever hope for in your superstar. No ego. And, and it was just, it's too much to ask for anybody to duplicate that for anybody, well, or anyone funny. else. It's funny because the Mavericks
0: were hoping that. Uh Luka Doncic is, in a lot of ways,
1: another Dirk, Dirk and yeah. Dirk is is that same kind of breed You're as Tim right. Duncan, and they're awfully rare. And, and it's just crazy to ask someone to fill those shoes, and I'm not even talking about as a player. I'm just right. talking about as, as a face, the as franchise, a, a, and mm-hmm. the person that sets the pulse and
2: the tone. You know, um, the thing about it is, I, I firmly believe in the Spurs organization. They obviously know what they're doing. But when you're a market like San Antonio and you trade a star like this, there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to replace him for 20 years. I mean, maybe they trade him, maybe they get another player this good in two years. But I think I've said this before, but, you know, if you told Milwaukee Bucks when they traded Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in, like, what was that, 74, right. that it was going to be 40 years before and they would not be back in the finals? Yeah. um. You know, and and this is a thing about like uh, like LeBron and the Cavs. I understand why the Cavs feel like they have to protect themselves and move on. That if LeBron's not going to commit to them, that they that they have to you know try to trade for draft picks and get young players. I mean, I understand in a vacuum why they're doing that. But once LeBron goes, that's it. There's not going to be another LeBron forever. And I, you know, that's the thing that I think the Spurs do understand is Mm -hmm. this is not just let's make the best deal for Kawhi. It's let's exhaust every single possibility with him before we trade him. And that's something that I think can be very smart. And even if that means you get a little bit less for him than you would have gotten if you traded him today, if you have to trade him in December or January, or heck, if he walks away from you for nothing next July, giving yourself the opportunity to try to keep him, to keep a historically great player, an MVP uh, level player, may be worth it. Because no matter what you get in return, may not be as penal or as positive, uh, depending on how you look at it, as the guy walking out the door.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I got to go, but my parting shot is maybe the Spurs develop Brandon Ingram into their next superstar. No, that's a lot of pressure.
3: We just talked about not putting pressure on people. Uh, I just did.
0: No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone.
3: Tim, you go to a lot of basketball games because, as I've been told, it's your job to go to basketball games except mm-hmm. when you're banned from arenas. Um, mm. What is the last live event you've gone to that you actually had to pay for?
0: You know what? I didn't go, but sent the daughters and the baby mama to a Taylor Swift concert.
3: Taylor Swift.
0: Taylor Swift. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're little girls. And so, you know, you definitely, when you're talking about Taylor Swift tickets, you definitely want to make sure, uh, you're getting the best possible deal because those, those tickets can get real pricey. And if you look for the best possible deal, SeatGeek will save you time and money because they search All the ticket sites to compare prices and find the best deals. You get the most bang for your buck because they grade every ticket based on value, helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And if you know me, my budget ain't that big. And then every purchase is fully guaranteed. So you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. And it really, like I said, you don't worry about getting scammed. You know, you, you know, you're going to get the best possible value. So Seat Geek's a good way to roll when you got a spring, uh, you know, you, you got to reach deep into the wallet to, to get those Taylor Swift tickets.
3: McMahon, are you, uh, are you a Taylor Swift fan? No, but my daughters are. Well, hey, but I mean, hey, I'm saying, I will like,
0: admit this. Okay, I'm there. No, you I'll, I'll, I'll sing along a little bit. And, you know, I've, I've danced to Taylor Swift, but that's just being father of the year canon.
3: What's your, uh, what's, what's your Taylor Swift jam? Don't act like you don't know what songs oh. they are. Is, is it style? Is it shake what's it, shake it, it is,
0: off? What's the one that hate is gonna hate, hate? Is that shake it off? That's I think it, it is. Off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, yeah. You got, got to roll with a little shake it off. But no, look, if I was, those are the tickets I buy, but I mean, NBA, NFL, major league baseball, college sports, whatever seats the way to go. If it's your first SeatGeek purchase, listeners can get 20 bucks off. You just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code HOOP today. That's promo code HOOP for 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek
3: purchase. Um I don't understand what it is, but I think almost every time we do these ads, someone is saying like, "Oh, I want to go catch a baseball game, blah blah blah. It's such a boring sport."
0: Some of the some of the other writers went and saw went and watched the uh, Yankees Astros the other night. Yeah. And I'm like bad. I'd rather just, <laughs> I'd rather go to the bar and and uh, watch Celtics Sixers on TV.
3: Oh, you should have just said that.
1: About the Spurs, uh, Brian, that's so interesting to me is if you go back and look at the, of course, they've drafted brilliantly, right? And Kawhi was a 15th pick, okay? Yeah. But, but that's getting harder and harder to do because, yes, the Spurs were far ahead of everybody when it came to the international game. They were far, far ahead of everybody when it came to sports science and nutrition and all these things. But you know what? Over time, eventually, everybody catches up. So now people have the same kind of scouting services and scouting depth that the Spurs had. And they, they have the same institutional knowledge regarding foreign born players. They know, you know, the guys are over there watching Croatians in the sixth grade. So some of these advantages, when we said the Spurs were light years ahead, they were, but not, but not so much anymore. And that's not, that's not their fault. It's just that uh, ownership and smart general managers and people in charge have, have learned how to, You know, it's a copycat league. We've been saying that forever.
2: Right, and generally teams go through cycles. Um, You know, I mean, one of the things that I've identified amongst Cavs fans recently is that they're so frustrated. They're like, why can't the Cavs make a trade for Kawhi? Why can't the Cavs uh, go get Paul George? Uh, Go talk to LeBron about that. Well, that's true. But, I I mean, they they just don't – they're very frustrated that they don't have the same ability to acquire players like some of these other teams do. But you know what
1: else? Sorry, I'm interrupting you. I apologize. No, please,
2: please go ahead, Brian,
1: the other point there is go look to get Dan Gilbert because if you had the same general manager for more than three years at a time, you might have some continuity and a long-term plan in place.
2: Yeah, that's a nuanced argument. I agree with you, obviously, because I think stability is very important. But LeBron has hurt the Cavs with his unwillingness to commit long-term various times. Uh, LeBron bears some responsibility for it. But, but the bottom line... When you compete at the highest level for four years, as they have, um, and gone to the finals four years and got a championship, you're not going to be in the same boat as a team that has been rebuilding for four years. I mean, of course, the Lakers have more cap space draft assets and young mm-hmm. prospects than the Cavs do. The Lakers have been, uh, you know, getting their butts kicked for four years. The Cavs have been winning for four years. And even the Celtics, um, the Celtics. Are, I have the wonderful situation of being both a contender and having young assets, but the Celtics haven't been to the finals four years in a row, and the Celtics don't have a championship in the last four years. Same with the Sixers. The Sixers, yes, right now they're in beautiful shape because they've got good young players and assets in cap space. They were the worst team in the league for four straight seasons. Of course. And all those times when the Cavs were running off 15-game win streaks and 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 blowing through the conference, uh, the, the, you know the Eastern Conference playoffs. The Sixers had been home for two months. The, the Celtics had been home for for six weeks because they were, you know, bested in the first round. There's supposed to be a cyclical nature to building teams, and the fact that the Spurs have gone 20, what is it, 20 years, 21 years, since they've been in the lottery is a complete defiance of the natural order of things. And it, is. And and it, it, it takes us
1: back to Tim Duncan too. Yeah, right. <laughs> it does. You know, but I will say this about LeBron and the cabs and it's his cross to bear. I don't care what anybody says. We all knew at the time, it's not hindsight. We all knew at the time they paid Tristan Thompson too much money. That's right. And they paid him too much money because he was LeBron's boy. And, and I would argue that hanging on to J.R. Smith for all this time. Those, those were LeBron decisions. You're not going to convince me differently.
2: Well, I will say this. I will say this, Jackie. The, the leverage that Tristan and JR had was that they were not replaceable. In other words, if, if Tristan uh, had gone somewhere else or JR had gone somewhere else, even if it was for a lot less money, the Cavs didn't have a functional way to replace them. They didn't because the Cavs had traded all their draft picks and they didn't have uh, player development that was producing guys to step up and, and fill in. And again, that is an institutional issue. But they just didn't, they didn't have the ability to do that. And it's the Cavs' fault for putting themselves in that situation and putting their right. trust in J.R. Smith. But that was also one of the reasons why they got those contracts, was because if J.R. walks out the door, they didn't have another starting two-guard that, that was a two-way player that they could put there.
1: Okay, but uh, so let's go back to your premise, though. So all these teams that didn't go to the finals for four straight years. So maybe, just maybe, if you had let J.R. Smith walk, certainly if you had not paid Tristan Thompson all that money, which even then we all knew was a bad idea, maybe for a year you're not as good. And maybe after a year or two of not paying him all that money that you're now stuck with, you do have some flexibility that maybe you dip for one year and then now, this year, in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals and in the NBA Finals, your team is stronger and younger and more agile and I more agree. suited for today's game. Uh,
2: I agree with that, Jackie, except for the fact that LeBron was always on one-year deals and the general manager was always on a short deal, too. Well, the again, manager- whose fault is that? You know? well, the point
3: well, that I was going to make was that it, th- those issues don't even go back to the last four years. It's from... Uh, LeBron's first tenure with the Cavs, if there was stability and if he could trust that they would build the team around him, maybe when he went back, uh, he could sign a longer deal or be willing to tolerate sure. rebuilds and things like that. But where was, there's, there was no, I think Brian, you were the one that said this, like there was no institutional trust between LeBron or the Cavs. And so, so LeBron seemingly always has to hold, uh, their feet to the fire to make sure that the immediate future is taken care of.
2: Well, it was a fascinating, it was a fascinating scenario of, uh, again, of whose fault is it? Because when LeBron came to Cleveland, uh, they had lottery picks the first two years, the first year they drafted Luke Jackson, And he got hurt immediately and was never a factor. The second year, they gave up their lottery pick to trade for Yuri Welsh on a rental. Uh, And they did that because the general manager was afraid he was going to be fired because Dan Gilbert bought the team. If they hit on those two draft picks – now, if you go back and retrace it, uh, the guy they really needed was Andre Guadalla, and he went ninth, and the Cavs had the tenth pick – but if the Cavs had been able to hit on those first two picks, then they wouldn't have had to build their team through free agency, which they did in 2006, uh, 2005, I should say, his third year, where they went out and signed Larry Hughes and Danielle Marshall and Damon Jones, and all of a sudden were an old team with limited upside. But I will say that, you know, within two years of Dan Gilbert buying the Cavs, they were in the finals. Um, and it was because of LeBron, but they also had some positive going for that team, but they. But they never built for the long haul. What they needed, to be honest with you, was Sam Hinckley-esque vision in 2003 and four. But that put them behind. And so once they had an older team, they had to keep trying to refresh that team. They were playing from behind. So you have um, an aging Danielle Marshall and a broken-down Larry Hughes. So you flop them out for Wally Zerbiak and and Ben Wallace. And then you're still playing from behind. You flop it for Shaq. And then you flop uh, and over past his prime Zadronis Ogalskis for Antoine Jamison who's past his prime. And you're always fighting from behind um, because you're terrified that LeBron's going to leave and you can't take a three or four-year plan.
1: That's it. So, I mean, I, it's um, it's just so funny. We look at the process. You can look at the Celtics. You can look at all these other teams, and, you know, the Mavericks to me is interesting in that they don't want to rebuild. They really don't. Right. Because they wouldn't be making some of the decisions they've made. And it's it's a hard sell to your fans. It's a hard, hard sell. And it's a hard sell to your owner unless you have an owner like the Holtz in San Antonio that the Boston owners understood when they made that deal with Brooklyn, what it meant they could see the long haul. That's and Jackie, why they gave Brad Stevens that long extension. Well, that's you know, that, true. Well, that's right.
2: true. I mean, the fact that... I mean, what would it have taken Brad Stevens to get out of college? It would have taken a six-year contract working for an organization like the Celtics. Right. Who Stable organization. Who yeah. you knew Danny Ainge was going to be there all six years. Right. That's exactly that, right. That that got him out of, co- out of uh, college. Um, but, you know, Jackie... The Spurs almost lost Tim Duncan. I mean, that's a, that's a yeah, story. Yeah, to Orlando. Yeah. That's yeah. a story of lore where different people tell different stories about how close it actually was. I asked um, Tim
1: Duncan myself, Brian. I asked him myself one day at the Four Seasons, and he said, I really almost did it. He said, There was one night I was sitting at home and I thought, I think I'm going to do this. And then I woke up the next morning and said, Nah, I'm not going to do this. <laughs>
2: and they had already won a championship. Yes they had already proven that they were a championship organization and he still almost left and as smart and as savvy and as well-prepared and as ahead of the game as the Spurs were, they would not have been the Spurs if he had left. Now may they still, they still made it build a championship team later on, but they wouldn't have been the same team.
1: Oh no, he's the heart and soul of everything they did. And, and I, what he didn't answer, which is what I asked him next was it's hard to play for pop sometimes. Was that it? And of course you know, their relationship became one of the greatest of all time, right? But I think there were times it was probably pretty hard, and he probably got tired of it. And here's Doc Rivers, the ultimate player's coach, right? Your buddy. He's got his arm around him. You're going to play golf together. When, when you come into his office, he's gonna be wa- you're, you're going to be watching Tiger on the 18th green, you know? And everything that Pop doesn't want to be, Doc um, is. And I, I'm not criticizing true. one or the other. I love them right. both. They're just but different. Their styles, their styles couldn't be any more different.
2: Any more different? Yeah, and and Orlando and San Antonio are pretty different cities too. Completely. Vastly, vastly right. different cities. But both of them small market series,
1: cities, and that's something that that Tim Duncan just never cared about. Well, that's
2: true. That's true. But Kevin
1: Garnett, same thing. Kevin Garnett didn't care about bright lights, big
2: city. Didn't care about that.
1: That's not what he cared about.
2: Um. Although he played in a couple of the biggest markets in the league, but but true, but he yeah that's true he didn't he if if Kevin had had his druthers he would have won a championship in Minnesota.
3: Can I ask something? So yes. we spent all this time talking about uh, Kawhi encircling the Lakers and the implications for LeBron. Like, is does the third part of this is, is Paul George, and does that mean that there's no space for him in Los Angeles, or like, there's been a lot of discussion that he might just go back to OKC for a year?
2: So the the expectation in the league right now is that Paul is going to re in Oklahoma City uh, that doesn't mean that the Lakers won't go after him when they get an opportunity on July 1st that they won't pitch him it doesn't mean that if the Lakers get a hold of Kawhi and then sign LeBron that Paul won't look and go oh my god there's a spot there where I could be great um, it doesn't mean that at all but I do think that a lot of the league thinks to Paul George and when I say a lot of the league I think also the players who are free agents too think that Paul George is going to stay in Oklahoma City. And that's, by the way, another interesting factor in the Kawhi thing. Uh, I understand why the Lakers, who were not competing for anything last year, really, didn't trade all their assets to get Paul George when they thought they could get him in free agency. But if Paul re-signs in Oklahoma City, number one, what does that say about your confidence that you're all of a sudden going to get Kawhi in a year? And B, what does it say about the drawing power of playing with LeBron? Um, We've already had Kyrie who said – You know, I don't really want to play with him anymore. And, you know, maybe Paul is very, very comfortable in Oklahoma City. And, and, you know, he's doing a documentary. And if he resigns, I'm sure he'll explain it very eloquently and explain why he feels that way. But not that many people would say that it would be more desirable if you had a choice between Russell Westbrook and LeBron James. Not that many people would say um, that they would prefer Russell Westbrook. I don't think, unless you think guys think I'm way off. Um, I don't know. I
1: think there's enough of LeBron's teammates over the years who get – it's like – battle
2: fatigue Well right so and maybe that maybe Paul has seen that Maybe You know I mean and, I don't know if you put Truth Serum in Kevin Love what do you think he'd say Well this is what I say about Joel Embiid and and LeBron um, if if LeBron was considering Philadelphia and Joel Embiid called Chris Bosh and Kevin Love and said hey what's it like to be a big man playing with LeBron Do you think that they would give him like the warmest and most fuzzy
1: no, Endorsements? I think they would say he's a winner. You'll win a championship with him. He's uncompromising. I'm glad I played with him, but there's always going to be a but. There's battle fatigue. That's what I see, battle fatigue. It's yeah. hard to play for a, with a guy like that. And Michael Jordan, battle fatigue. It's, uh,
3: it's hard to right. play with great ones. The description vaguely sounds like, Jackie, what you were just saying about Tim Duncan when you said it's hard to play for Pop, is and it? it's like it's hard to yeah. play with LeBron. Right,
2: battle fatigue. <laughs> it's funny the um the the thunder are in absolute there i gotta be careful i can't say a cave because i've been i've been uh <laughs> running into that thing today um mm. the thunder are are laying very low that's sam's style though that's sam's no, style. But, you know, uh, <laughs> but it wasn't the style with kevin durant no
1: no it wasn't
2: so maybe and, but- and I, I my read jackie this is my Reed. Brian's opinion, Brian Winhurst's opinion. Not our, your don't, do that. don't do that third person thing. That's a bad idea. <laughs> Everybody does that hurts their back, pulling off their boots. I'm just telling you right uh, now. Okay. Uh, my opinion is that they feel like they've got Paul and they just don't want to say or do anything that messes him up. Sure. Or, whereas with Durant, they were very concerned and rightfully so. So, so you mentioned the documentary. I watched part two,
1: I guess. Yesterday? Maybe. The I can't. I don't know which part. Yes.
2: Part so when
1: you watched that, Andrew, right? Yes. So when you were done watching that, where did you think he was going?
3: <laughs> um, I thought when I was done, I thought he was going to go to Wade's Vineyard. Oh, okay. Just, that's, that's what I thought. It, it, it seemed like. I thought like,
2: he was going
1: to Los Angeles. All he talked about was Los Angeles that entire episode. I'm like, oh, man, the poor
2: thunder. This kid's gone. I, I got the exact opposite read.
1: That's funny. I, and now maybe I, I don't know, and I, and I hope he, I really hope he stays in Oklahoma City because I like what Sam Presti did. I like the guts he had to do it, and I truly believe I truly believe this: if Roberson stayed healthy on that team, they would have been immeasurably better. Not just because they would have Roberson, and he's a defensive stopper. You wouldn't have had to ask Paul Paul George to do so much more on the defensive end of the floor. And I really think it would have changed their complexion of the team.
2: How did you feel about Sam Presti sitting behind his desk with his perfect hair and his oh his, my hipster, gosh. his hipster glasses and his perfect suit and saying, um, yes, there's a line in from a tribe called quest that says um, scared money. Don't make no money. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. That's not uh, the Sam I know. I wish I knew a tribe called quest uh, lyrics. I'm not really a fan of theirs because and I wish I was allowed to have fun on Twitter. I'm not allowed to have fun on Twitter. <laughs> but if but if I was, like every time there would the Thunder would make a transaction, uh I would tweet a Tribe Called Quest um uh lyric. You know, oh yeah. Thunder re-signed Jeremy Grant, uh uh We got to Gets the Best. Yeah, Uh, right. right. I don't know. I'm just making that up. I don't know. That's funny. uh, um, That's really funny. uh, I
1: I would love to do that if I was. Well, that was Hollywood, right? I was watching that. I'm like, all right, well, that's Hollywood, Sam (laughs) Questy. You know, that's what I thought, really. I mean, he's the most down to earth guy. And, you know, I he's easy guy to root for. He works. He works at it. And uh, and, uh, you know, but I'm just trying to figure out if you're Paul George, why
2: you are going back there. It is odd. Okay. that's what I'm trying to figure out. Well, uh, like I said, things could change because things change in free agency. But, Jackie, I think they've got him. Yeah, know it seems that way. And, I mean, so he re-signs for how many years? Well, that's a different topic altogether. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, he, in my mind, he's got three choices. He can take the full boat five years and – He's not going to do that. I don't think. Okay. okay. But he do you? Could. Do you think I, he's going to do that? I do not. Uh, he can take a one year plus an option. Right. And then he can re enter free agency. Twenty nineteen is a um, is a gear. is a potentially there's a lot more uh, stars out there. You've got Kyrie and Clay and Better Money, Draymond Green too, right? No, I think Draymond has two years two left. Two years. Um, okay. yeah. uh, Kevin Durant but depending on whether he, how he does a new contract and who else am I missing? Um, oh, I'm sure there's others. Uh, I mean, so, but don't we agree
1: that Durant, I mean, what do you think he's going to sign for? Well, I mean, how can, many
2: years? I'm not talking money. I'm talking well, years. One other thing on Paul George, or he can do a two-year deal, Jackie. And the yeah. reason two years would make sense is that that would take him to 10 years experience, and then he would be right. eligible for the higher max. And then he'd be re-entering free agency at age thirty, yeah. where you you know assuming he doesn't have another injury, um, or or an injury um, that he could potentially get one more giant contract. Where if he signed so that, for five, that makes the most
1: sense to me.
3: And that's, so, uh, I think that was one too, of the think, things that they talked about too, in the the documentary that yes, I think his agent yes. was saying like you know this would yeah, get you to thirty and back back in the market. To-
2: it was a good part of the documentary where they had them going over that because I felt like that was. Uh, good to see, but I also think it was a little bit disingenuous that that was the first time Paul had under. Right. Oh, you mean you know? Oh, I could sign a one-year deal or a three-year deal. Oh, this right, is the first. Right, I, right. I, I think Paul's known. while. Oh, she's lot. known that for quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. I but gotcha. uh, as for Durant, he has a couple of options if he wants to get. See, so here's the thing, Jackie. Remember, he took a he took a a, a pay cut last year to help mm-hmm. the Warriors with uh, luxury tax money. Right. Right. And so he can get a full max but I think to get the full max, he's got to sign for four years. If he only wants oh, okay. to sign for one year, I don't know if he can go up to the full max. Um, right. Cause, cause they you. still, they still don't have his full rights. I think mm-hmm. he can get close. I think he can, he can get a, a raise that gets him up there, but I don't think cause he's an early bird free agent, um, right. Right. but he right. could sign for four years and a max. I just don't expect him to.
1: No, I don't think any, of,
2: I don't think any of us do because that's, I don't expect Durant to do that either. Well, I'm talking about Durant. I'm talking about oh, Durant. Oh,
1: I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. He could sign up. No, Paul George could sign for five. You know, the, yeah. the, the, the Thunder. But, I mean, I, the I just price. think
1: those days are mostly over. I don't know. It just seems like the, like the whole, um, the whole appeal of being starting and finishing your career with with one, you know, that those days seem to be
2: over. I don't know. Well, let me ask you this. So it everything is pointing towards everything being a okay with Chris Paul. I know that there was a report that um, that Chris Paul and the, and the Rockets were a little bit were a little bit at odds. That report was out last week, and then this week at the uh, at the awards, um, Tad Brown, their president, <clears throat> Daryl Morey, and Chris Paul were practically singing Kumbaya, holding each other's hands. Right, right, right. Um, so I'm <laughs> I've been led to believe that everything is fine there. Yeah. yeah. Do you honestly believe that the Rockets will sign him to a contract that pays him $47 million when he's 38 years old? Because that's what his max with them would be.
1: I know. And so I I was asking this. Maybe it was with you. We were talking about the idea that they had a wink-wink, which you're not supposed to do. But there was a change in ownership. Are you and I having that conversation? Yes, we were talking about that. Yeah, Yeah, right. So that's an interesting – but maybe at this point it may not be what Chris Paul wants. I don't know. They, I think they have to, if they, you know, and and we can talk about tampering all we want, but that's just the, the biggest bunch of bananas because everybody tampers, every single team tampers. That's just how it is. And they get around it by having your guy talk to my guy and I'm listening in, but I'm not really talking to you all that nonsense.
2: So, uh, but it's just like, as much as you like Chris Paul as a player, yeah. 50, almost $50 million at age 38. Yeah.
1: And, and, and you, you know, even at the age he's at right now, he just can't. He keeps getting hurt. He just can't do it. His body just can't seem to do it. And they monitored his minutes very closely. I think he only averaged around 32 minutes a game all year with the Rockets. They were very, very careful about it. Yeah. His- it
2: was one of the reasons why I think he and Harden worked so well is that they staggered them. Absolutely. I love that. So. Well, um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. When we, when we have this podcast next week, whether it's Thursday or Friday, I don't, we'll have to see how it goes um it'll be soon to see you know i, I like i said I, I have a feel like i said my feel is that paul george resigns. um yep. you know i'm not reporting that that's my feel sure M- my feel is that the lakers have the inside track on lebron and i think
1: everybody feels but we
2: you know what's funny about that haven't we been feeling that since last year <laughs> yeah i you know you know i had the Cavs. Gone down in seven in the finals, I would have maybe felt differently. Or a really competitive six, right? Um, you know, had they got the number one pick and drafted DeAndre Ayton, or you know, got Luka Donich or something, maybe I would feel differently. I mean, I, there's nothing. I think Colin Sexton will be a, a nice player. I just don't. I think, don't like them, yeah. I just don't think he he changes the arithmetic with with the Warriors if you're the Cavs. Um, you know, I, I feel like Kawhi will remain a spur for the short term uh, he may get traded at some point but i don't feel like that deal will happen before free agency starts i could be wrong about that i th- that one i feel um l- i don't have as much information on that but that's sort of my feel based on my read of things but um and i feel like chris paul will resign i just would like to know for how much mm. and um it'll be interesting to see also the the side effects you know the Cavs have said behind the scenes they don't intend to trade kevin love if lebron walks but i don't, I don't know. believe that i don't believe that i don't necessarily believe it either but you know could kevin love become available next week for example
1: mm-hmm.
2: um uh if lebron walks i mean you know there's fallout to all of these things i mean what will um <clears throat> you know i actually think there's a market out there for carmelo anthony trades if the if the if you if some of the contract yeah. To, to to basically, if the Thunder were willing to, t- you know, Carmelo's owed money for one year. If you were willing to take on Carmelo, if you were willing to take on a player with more years on a bad contract, would somebody take back Carmelo? Like, you know, I it, there's possibilities of that out there that the Thunder could look at, and then Melo might be might get bought out. I don't know
1: if Melo's recent comments. And the way things went last year in Oklahoma City has soured teams. But remember, last year at this, you know, when when the whole mellow stuff was going on, the Celtics were interested, the uh, Clippers were mildly interested, the Rockets were mildly interested. Now, obviously, at a price, and what they wanted to see was, can this guy submerge his ego? Can this guy be Vince Carter in his later years instead of Allen Iverson, who couldn't handle being? anybody but the star and it's interesting to me also because I think the same thing is going on with Dwight Howard because Dwight Howard still has value at a a much obviously significantly lower price but for a contending team for the right team he could really help them if you can control the idea that I need 10 touches a, a game on the block like has Dwight Howard come to the realization you're never getting that again as long as you live and has Carmelo Anthony come to the conclusion that you are no longer going to be a primary scorer, a secondary scorer, maybe not even a third scorer, and yes, you might have to come off the bench. And if it, I think it's next to impossible for players who are at the lever those two are at. It's very hard for them. Vince Carter is the exception, not the rule. I very difficult for these players. But,
2: but I will tell you this. If Carmelo somehow ends up on the market, and I don't think that this – the the thunder would buy him out. I think it would be a trade if there was a trade and right. a buyout. Right. I think that he could, especially if, if he comes to your team on a minimum or or you know like small mid level. Um, I'm telling you, the outlook on what he contributes will look totally different. Of course, it will. Um, th- 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 Same as Dwight out. Howard. Like yeah. Dwight Howard, somebody's going to do it, Brian. Somebody will take a chance. Oh, for sure. I believe I believe that for sure. And. um so I don't, I don't, I think Mello has another act. But um, all right, I've got to go do Sports Center. Uh, Jackie, thank you, McMahon. Hope everything's going well in Puerto Rico. I know. Uh, Andrew, oh, I'll see you over the weekend. We've got free agency shows coming up over the weekend in LA. And next time we talk on the Hoop Collective podcast, oh, I can't wait! Lot. It's going to be so be exciting. To lots to talk about. Have a good weekend, everybody. All right, a guys. Bye, bye. <laughs>